We, we paid off $23,000. This video is sponsored by Storyblocks. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's that. That being said, hello, everyone. I'm Halise, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halise, and I write sometimes. Yeah, and this is a Stumblewell podcast, a couple that you know, talking about relationship and life and other such things. Life's a journey. You're going to stumble through it. Why not stumble well with us? We're going to read y'all a short story written by... It's about a seven-minute read, and it's science fiction. Hang on to your gasps. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Friday night and the lights of the city refract off the beating rain into a blanket of stars on the glass. The rideshare driver is playing an indistinguishable country song on the radio. The driver had asked Moses if he minded the specific playlist when he first entered the car. Ordinarily, I'd rather listen to the greatest hits of people scratching a chalkboard, he thought, but just shook his head no. It was just as well. The last 15 minutes were a blur. Thoughts raced through his mind, weaving their way to the soundtrack of his racing heart. When Jake asked them about his time clock entries for the past week... Three minutes from clock out, Moses stifled a scream into a long sigh. Jake reminded him of the Monday morning huddle at 7 a.m. Moses waved him off as he walked out the door. Dinner with Diamante was equally agonizing. He had no taste for the Cambodian noodle spot they frequented on Friday nights. Equally distasteful was how abruptly he canceled their plans for the remainder of the evening. She wouldn't answer his texts for the next few days, but that was all right. A seat at the table was worth it. The car came to a stop and Moses finally fell out of his thoughts. He looked up and met the gaze of the driver from the rear view. The stereo belted out a chorus about the loss of tradition to some damn thing and the driver blurted out, you sure you got the right spot? There's not a lot here. The four-story brick building came into focus against the stream of rain. The first floor was mostly painted a muted blue, except for the doorway on the left, which was the same faded pink as the rest of the building. Moses double-checked his phone to confirm and nodded. Thanks. He stepped out into the rain and strode to the door, and he was the only thing that seemed to exist in that block. No stray animals, homeless, or even trash. While the adjoining buildings bore graffiti, Building 49 did not. Damn, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> you can't interrupt this. I'm sorry, it's good. <laughs> Just as the heat of impatience rose in his throat, he heard a latch from inside. He tried the handle, and the door opened to a dark entryway. He hesitated a moment, but knew a step or two in shadow was better than the downpour he waited in. He closed the door behind him and waited for his eyes to adjust. The smell of decay met his nose and mouth. Plaster peeled and fell from the walls, became airborne, and helped create the taste of moldy bread that clung to the back of his throat. Moses could see a thin stream of light from the direction of the stairs. They were his only option to progress, so he ascended. Each step groaned under his weight. More light fell from the second floor, and the air also changed. The air was light, and the scent of a woman's perfume helped purge the scent of the first floor. The walls were in no better condition, but the lights had been repaired. The sounds of a crowd came from the first door on the right, and he noticed it was ajar. The door was metal and heavy. Moses leaned his weight against it and stepped inside. As foreboding and unique the rest of the building was, the loft was renovated with stereotypical fashioning. The requisite exposed brick wall, wrought iron support beams, and exposed slats and two by fours for the ceiling. 
Edison bulbs cast orange light down on the small crowd huddled in the middle of the room. Moses looked around a second longer and joined them. A duo of servers walked in from behind the counter, pushing a cart of metal cloches and laying them at regular intervals for the guests. Their job done, they quickly filed out. After a short pause, a man strode in. He was tall and fit, with combed back blonde hair. He hesitated momentarily, and a smile crept across his face that finally erupted into a warm, baritone laugh. Welcome. To any of you with any doubt in your heart, allow me to welcome you to a seat at the table. Closer, please. I want to get to the reason I asked you all here this evening. I'm Clive, CEO, lead researcher, engineer, brand manager. Well, let's just say I do a lot here at Crux. Soft laughter again rose from the group. Now, Crux is in the business of lab-grown meat, or clean meat. Does anyone know what that is? Meat, but grown in a lab? said a hawk-nosed 20-something woman from the edge of the bar. Well, yes, Clive exclaimed. Specifically, tissue biopsied from animals. Stem cells are isolated and grown in a growing medium before being processed into protofibers, then built into muscle tissue. It's the forefront of food science and can revolutionize the food supply chain. Animal agriculture relies on hormones and antibiotics to be pumped into animals to raise them quickly enough to bring to market. We genetically alter and mutilate animals to grow bulbous anatomy to satisfy the masses. We allow the current process of agribusiness to use astounding amounts of resources, land, water, energy, with the byproduct of emissions and pollutants further poisoning the only planet we have. Moses made a subtle eye roll to his fellow diners, but they were all nodding in agreement, some with tears in their eyes and bald fists. He slumped his shoulders and returned his gaze to Clive. Other companies have blazed a trail before me, but their tactics are all wrong. They're still using animals as a basis of their solution. Creatures that cannot consent to the use of their bodies. While minimizing animal slaughter and the subsequent ill effects of animal husbandry, they are still mistreating the animal's rights to exist holistically. Not to mention the end products had issues with taste and texture. They toil away at this, but they can't fix the core issue. The animal never consented to the process, so it will never taste right. Clive stopped, face aimed to the ceiling, and allowed the silence to hold the room. So what's the answer then? His own question caught him by surprise. Clive turned to him. Your answer awaits underneath the cover. The smell of cooked meat rose from the counter and held his breath. Burgers? asked Moses. You see, began Clive, the process and techniques are valid. When you cultivate the cells from the animal, you're effectively producing protein. The source is animal-based, but it isn't part of the animal. It ceases to be animal when it's broken up into anonymous and sterile cells. But strict vegans still may find fault in this because, as I stated earlier, the process is still unethical to the donor animal. But what if we used a willing and competent donor? Clive lift lifted his own cloche and raised the burger to his lips. He took a large bite grease streaming down a corner of his mouth. What we have here, Clive swallowed his bite to best enunciate the next statement, is a Clive burger, or more accurately, a Clive sourced burger. I donated tissue that was then cultured and formed into the meal before you. Remember, that isn't me, but it's from me. This isn't cannibalism. No one's life is ended. There's no desecration of the body. I willingly became part of my own food chain. This is true stewardship of sustaining humanity's nutritional needs. 
In his periphery, Moses could see the 20-something woman bite into the burger. A cacophony of oohs and ahs surrounded him. Imagine people donating a tissue sample, and our company creates enough meat supply for six months. Animals are left to their own devices. No longer are people allowed to purchase anonymous hunks of meat that no longer resemble the animal it came from. You truly know the origin of your food. You. You become self-reliant for your own sustenance. Moses could feel the blue orbs burning into him again. He turned around and saw Clive resting his weight on the counter, staring at him. I asked you here to bear witness. Please, I'd be offended if you didn't at least try it. Moses raised the burger to his face. The smell of charred meat made him salivate. He took a bite, and his eyes widened as Clive closed his eyes and nodded. This is going to be big. It's surprisingly good. I am frustrated that I didn't um, catch that one issue where I didn't say, like, who was speaking. Ah, uh, yeah. That's okay. Clive or Moses. Yeah, it's a little frustrating because, like, the rest of it is like, oh, that's a really good first attempt. <laughs> Rereading it, it's like, wow, that's a really good first attempt. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, it's fun to go back to your own work and kind of just, you know, meditate on it. Because sometimes when you're so deep into it, you can not see the forest for the trees and be like, ah, but then the story, like, is this story good? Is it not? I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you actually go back and read it, give it space and come back and you're like, oh. A big thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring today's video. For those of you who don't know, Storyblocks is an online site where you can get over a million stock footage assets with unlimited downloads at very affordable prices. If you are someone who's trying to up your creative career, whether it be in video or maybe you work with clients and need assets as well for them, check out Storyblocks, storyblocks.com slash Halise. You probably noticed while we were telling the short story, for those of y'all listening, go check it out. But when we were telling the short story, we were using Storyblocks footage to enhance the story and make it a visual experience since it wasn't, since it's just an audible experience, we had the visuals as well. Storyblocks is awesome for that. Something else I'm really appreciating about Storyblocks is their restock program. So as someone who is BIPOC, it is very frustrating sometimes to get onto stock footage sites because they tend to be lacking in the diversity department. Storyblocks is very aware of that. And so through their restock program, they're trying to diversify stock footage that much more. Focusing on BIPOC, just existing, doing regular regular things, as well as LGBTQI plus people as well. So again, check them out, storyblocks.com slash Halise. So at the top of the video slash podcast, we read a short story, an original work by Mr. Halise. He's writing things now. Trying to. He's trying to write things now. That's the goal of 2021. And he has made some big adjustments in his life as of late. So we're going to talk about him today on this podcast. If you want to check out the written version of the short story, it'll be in the show notes. Started a new job at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, Realized almost immediately after quitting my previous job that I was unsure about the job I was starting at the beginning of the year. It really just wasn't it. Just wasn't it. And uh, yeah, I think I just wanted considering everything that was going on, pandemic and such, and me just kind of feeling more driven to do or try to do more creative work. Yeah. Uh, decided to go back to the bedside. That's, You're that's so it. underwhelming in your explanation. 
so underwhelmed. Underwhelmed? Well, I mean, there was a lot of emotion. <laughs> I'm just trying not to... Yeah, you skimmed over. That's the whole point. You got to talk about the emotional process of like realizing, oh, I want to do more creative work. How do I start to like have my life move towards that goal and so on and so forth? Well, so I... The process, internal struggles. The only way to really do that right now is and to support us, support me or to help support us. Mm -hmm. is to go back to the bedside. Do I want to go back to the bedside? And it was kind of the back and forth. And right around that time, I started the new job, and I was like, this isn't it. This just isn't it. And I felt really bad. And, like, all that time wasted, I was just thinking, like, oh, man, I could be writing this story, I could be doing that, or I could just be doing any other number of things. Right. And that's kind of the struggle you end up going through when you realize that, yeah, when you just re- truly realize just the value of your time and how much more other like how much other stuff you can be doing with it, it becomes really hard to keep doing the other thing you're doing. Cuz like every decision you're making is potentially wasting or not even potentially, it's confirmed in that it's wasting more time and you don't actually know how much time you have. I definitely empathized with how you were feeling and that was why I kept pushing for you to just go back to Gently, nursing. you were gently prodding, just waiting for me to see the <laughs> conclusion and like finish connecting the dot. Like, oh look, it's a it's a horsey, yay! Yeah. Well, you got to get there on your own. You can't like. Oh, but the horsey's so happy. He's wild and free, surrounded by the plains. Oh, <laughs> I want to be the horsey. Yeah, I will be the horsey. And you're like, mm-hmm. I already rented stables and all that stuff. <laughs> it's waiting for you. Yeah, I mean, it's hard though. You have to get there. Of your own accord, you can't be like pigeonholed into it. You know what do they be saying? You gotta lead the something to a river. Again, we're going with the with the horse metaphor again. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Ah, that See? one. Horses. Horses. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horse heavy episode. Horse, horse. A very special horse heavy episode. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. Update number one of 2021. Mr. Hollis is back at the bedside. But that is more so he can have the space time to write more. And to actually have more of an impact, um, you know, at the bedside. The hospitals are really feeling the brunt of this. That's Nurses true. are really feeling the brunt of this. And I feel like I haven't really paid my dues. So oh. there's a part of that. Yeah. You yeah. feel a little called to go back a little bit. Like yeah. do a, like do your civic, not really civic duty, but just like I, am a- I have the skill set and, and I'm able to help. So why am I not? Right. Doing it, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. So that. that too. But that was the first update, I guess. Yay, update Yay. number one. That second update. So last, at the beginning of 2020, pre-Panini Press. Oh, right. I remember this. Yeah, pre-Panini Press, we were talking about our goals to help or to start to really put huge dents in your student loans. So we could be debt-free, trying to do that debt-free style, like belief in fatherhood. We ended up paying off. You, this is your this is your praise report. You should say it. No, you're proud of me. I'm I'm happy I'm to. I'm very proud. Yeah. Of you of us. Say of it together. Everyone. How much was? No, we won't be able to hear it. I know, but how much was? We, we paid off twenty-three thousand dollars. We paid off twenty-three thousand dollars. It's a ton of money. In twenty twenty. That's almost the. Me- it was let, so No, hard. let me not downplay it. Yeah, it's it was like so yeah. As, but we did it. <laughs> and our quality of life didn't suffer too much. 
I mean, it's just the burden of the student loans. But Balanced it out. Figured it out. Yank, you, you can't make minimum payments. No. Like, not just with student loans. You can't make minimum payments with your mortgage. You can't make minimum payments for your credit cards. Anything where debt is associated, Up it. you need Up to it. Up it. pay more. Pay into the principal. Make sure you're hitting that principal. When you can. It's when, just when like, you can, for sure, hard. yeah. So we ended up paying 23000 last year in student loans. Really proud of us. I will say now this year, again, you're going through a shift, all that kind of stuff. But Mr. Halis has already established like new goals for himself. So, Which I did, haven't done in years past. New goals. So one of your, you tell him what your goal is for student loans. Let me not be I'm, I'm excited. the combo. No, it's, it's the same thing with you reading the story. I was like, you reading the story. I was just having a good time. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I'm doing good things. Uh, yeah. 30,000. 30,000 is the goal this year. 30,000. Can we do it? Whether or not it is assisted by the federal government and the new administration. Oh, man, that'd be so great. It's, <laughs> that would be so yeah. Awesome. I do, it don't matter. So long as we get there, dear I'm okay God, with it. Dear God, please. So right now, our total student loan debt amount is 120.9. So like one, 120,900. Yeah, 120,900. Down from... 144. Down from 144. We had a poopy. We had a okay starter home to now use G-Wagon, right? That's what you said? Yeah, use G-Wagon. It's still like higher-end Tesla. Yeah. But we're knocking it out one day at a time, slowly but surely, time after time. And it's great. That's all I wanted to say. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you said people wanted an update on that. Yes. And then you wanted to give an update on me doing things that I enjoy? Yes. I'm excited for you. I truly am. I think it's really great to finally see you doing... I think you're a really good writer, so I'm excited to see you get the opportunity to craft that skill set more on your own terms and, you know, take back more of your... Yeah, your time. And the goal is to write a story per month. Oh, yeah. This year. Mr. Alice made all sorts. He has a vision board, whole situation. I mean, I've got almost enough ideas for the year. Really? Yeah. I mean, I just keep like, I haven't really been thinking about it much, but every time something comes up, I just Go file it away. It down. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Alice wants to write a short story a month for the year 2021. Yeah. I'm in full support of that situation. Not all of them may be as good as or anywhere near that first one. I feel like the first one was a decent effort. It was. I mean, you're not, you shouldn't go into it trying to top yourself because that just makes things poopy. So I was, I was a slow runner in high school in cross country, Mm. partially because my asthma was not under control and not like diagnosed officially. Um, But the thing that I, the mindset that I just got into was I'm not racing anybody else. I'm just racing myself. So if I just see that I'm improving, you know, like effort over effort, time after time, then I feel good, and I feel, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's always better to have internal motivation than external motivations, for sure, definitely. Well, and especially professionally, I was more looking for external motivation in the yeah. form of benefits or money or whatever. Yeah. Um, But that never led to me being happy. So maybe I can stay at a job for a prolonged period of time, if I'm able to do the thing that I want to do. And ironically, where you're at now 
at least it seems, I know you haven't officially started yet. You're still going through like training and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it seems like in general, they value y'all a little bit more overall. So it does feel like this will be a good fit for long-term of handling your Maslowian stuff of just like, I need to get paid. I need to have insurance. And also, you know, paying my dues to my community nursing stuffs, you know, and it feels like maybe you'll be able to stay with it for a while because you will have the time to do your own thing. But I know there's going to be a transition period still of you trying to figure out what does this new schedule actually look like for yourself? Yeah, I don't know what time I'm going to wake up most days. I don't know what time I'm going to get started. Like, I also don't want to waste the time that I'm allotted. But at the same time, I want to recuperate. So, yeah, yeah, it's just going to be a bit of a juggle. It'll be an interesting transition. I know for me, when I started off, when I quit my agency job and started doing freelance stuffs officially and started Stumblewell, it was, yeah, there was definitely a transition period where I just kind of was like, whoa, what do I do today? <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute, do I had, uh, what do I need to do? But then that's also freeing in a way, too, of just like you're in charge of your own schedule, you know? You mm. truly own the time. And I like that there's no one else to blame but yourself if you aren't productive or if things don't happen. That There's a beauty in that, too. It's also very frustrating, though, because, yeah, you don't have anyone to blame, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you have to just be upset at yourself and do better. But I like it. I don't like relying on people. <laughs> I do feel like the transition is um, uh, It's coming from a place, of, a place of privilege. Like, not a lot of people can transition jobs during this time. Yes. So, I mean, and then aside from that, if anybody can, like professionally and or in nursing, like you need to leave wherever you're at. If you feel like they're not valuing you, they're probably not. And you have to leave and then potentially come back for anybody to see your worth. Like that's just, that's how it is. Yeah. And that's not even just, sorry, I just keep checking to make sure we're rolling on everything. And that's not even just in nursing. That's just professionally in general. There's so many other like people I've talked to professionally, whether it's like to help with resume things or all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, you can get a 10%, 15% increase in pay if you just leave and go somewhere else for a little while. So that's more of just everyday economy, American stuff. Like we don't, we aren't rewarded anymore for staying somewhere, which is a bummer. Oh, yeah. We should definitely do more podcasts. On a regular basis? On a more regular, yeah. When's the last, what was the last one we did? We haven't even put it out? We haven't even put it out. Anyway. What's the takeaway from this? The takeaway is you only live once. Yeah. It's never too late <laughs> to make a change. It That's that's a good, that's a better, not cliche takeaway. It's never too late as long as you're breathing, you still have time to at least try. And you might as well. There was, I think this was an interview with Jim Carrey. He was doing some kind of like uh, graduation speech thing mm. and I watched. If I find it, I'll link it in the show notes for y'all because it's a good speech. But he talked about how his dad was in finance. and But his dad was always like a super funny dude. Um, so he like got his funnies ha-has from his dad. And he said that his dad lost his job in finance. It was never something he really wanted to do, but it was something he was good at. It paid well, all the stuff. And Jim Carrey said, 
it was then I realized, oh, so you can fail at something you don't even like, so you might as well try the thing you actually want to do. And I was like, he gets it. (laughs) Jim Carrey gets it. He could be a little crazy, he a little buck, but he gets it. And so, yeah, I think that's the major takeaway is do you want to potentially fail at something that you don't like anyway? Or do you want to try to push and strive for the thing that you at least think you want to do? It's okay for that to change eventually. It's okay for your dreams to adjust a little bit as you age, but it's never too late to give it a try. I mean, I know you've been referencing Stephen King a lot in your writing journey so far. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, when did he... It's the only writing book that I've read. (laughs) Right. But it's like, think about when did he officially get like worldly successful you know i'm pretty sure he was already kind of up there yeah he may have been in his 30s but i mean he was he worked he worked at a laundromat Mm. for a while uh i mean he worked any number of places yeah but he was always holding a full-time job and then trying to do do journalism or writing or whatever yeah just the journey doesn't need to be the journey shouldn't, it probably shouldn't be sunshine and rose farts, you know. Unicorn farts. Unicorn farts. I prefer roses. It's not, It's a very tangible visual. We all know what roses smell like. Yeah, but they don't fart. No, do unicorns? Do myth, Do these mythical creatures that don't exist fart too? Do they eat? I don't know. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> stumble well, stumble on, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for reading and listening. Bye. Bye.